In Philippians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Today, we're about to jump in to the soap opera of Philippi. This is day 16. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story he's writing for each of us every day. Welcome back to the Journey Through Philippians podcast. We're kicking off the last week. This is day 16. I'm here, of course, with Brendan Lang and Melissa Payne. Hi. And we're joined with our special guest, the lead pastor of the Willow Southlake campus, Gina Cherian. That's me. It's good to be here. Thank you for coming out. Thanks for having me. How are things up in Lincolnshire? They are good. So Willow Southlake is the newest campus of Willow. So it's newest, but it's you know almost five years old now. And uh, that's crazy. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Almost ready for kindergarten. Oh, that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's about right. You yeah. guys have done a lot of like renovation lately to it. We have. We built out a new space for our high school students. So that's been really awesome. fun. We just a couple months ago celebrated our World Food Fair. So we have a super diverse congregation. And right. so they come and they bring their food and represent who they are. It's just so much fun to celebrate who we are as a church. Awesome. Thanks for coming out. It was not as long of a drive as some others. No, it was actually 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. We're like brothers. We are. Or sisters. Or Or sisters. (laughs) Brothers and sisters. Sisters. For the cause of Christ. Chapter four, verse one, actually. They are my brothers and sisters. There we go. Question for you. What's your favorite TV show? Of all time or like currently? Let's go current. Currently, it is This Is Us. No question. This Is Us. That's so good. What do you like about it? I like to cry every week when I watch it. (laughs) Yes. I like to inflict just lots and lots of sadness and emotion. (laughs) It's fantastic. Oh my goodness. I feel like I have a soul sister. That was amazing. You love that show too? I do. Obviously. I do. But I also love A Million Little Things. Have you gotten into no, that one? It's another tearjerker. Brendan, what really about you? Good. What's uh, your favorite? Not, <laughs> nothing with good <laughs> writing or <laughs> Really? What's drama. your favorite one right now? Well, okay. I don't get to watch TV because if I'm watching TV, I'm watching it with my son. That right. means it's Mickey Mouse. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Well, he likes that, but there are about three Christmas Mickey Mouse <laughs> specials that are on Netflix. All year? And I'm telling you, we took a month off to watch. There's a Halloween special too, but okay. for the last 10 whatever months, we have been watching that. So oh my god! You talk about someone ready for Christmas. This That's kid, rough. he's prepared. Oh wow. So I mean, we got snow on Halloween, so apparently it's just going to be a season That's of right. Christmas yeah. this year. Yeah, so. getting you ready. That's totally I fine. actually, this is my guilty pleasure. I like Survivor. Oh, so okay. They still like, doing that show? Exactly. I know. That's the question I get every time. <laughs> that was one, the number one show on TV for years. Alright, so we got This Is Us. Survivor. And what was yours? A Million Little Things. A Million. Where's that? I think it's ABC as well. And it's in its second season right now. Okay. Uh, What's the premise? Ooh, it's deep. So there are these guys that are all friends. And one of the guys actually commits suicide. And I know it's really deep. But basically, the whole story is just kind of like figuring out who they are and really trying to understand why they didn't know that their friend was in this place. Yeah. Uh, And so they actually deal with like real life issues and it's 
families and just a lot of relationships. And it's I love real life. Yeah. yeah. It's a real little society. deeper than Mickey Mouse Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, a little there's bit. Some, there's, <laughs> there's some real substance truths that Brendan has <laughs> right. found in Mickey Mouse Christmas. All right. But what is your favorite show that you're watching right now? You know what? Brendan got me hooked <gasps> on a new survivor. Show. No, it's not survivor. <laughs> no, it's the good place. Yep. Yes. And it's like show. the same guy who did like Parks and Rec mm-hmm. yes. and the office. And mm-hmm. he had a hand in Arrested Development. Which season okay. are you on? I'm still on the first season, man. Really? There's oh, man. So much... you, you have no idea yeah. keep... <laughs> what you're in for. Just well, keep watching. I like it, but like there's so much jam-packed and like so many offhanded jokes yeah. yes. that I'll put it on while I'm working and then I'll get done with an episode. I'm like, oh, I got to watch it again. I wasn't really paying attention. So <laughs> right. I, gotta, like, I don't really know <laughs> what happened. They're so nope. funny. And that's like who I am is yeah. like, I want the jokes. You want, yeah. you want to be able to do it's that. It's so you quotable. Want... It is. It's so good. So yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. Well, today we have some drama going down in Philippi and to take us through what is going on. Brendan, why don't you take us through the commentary for day 16. Day 16, unity in the Lord. Throughout this letter, Paul often expresses his desire for the believers in the Philippian church to have unity with one another. In Philippians 1.27, Paul encourages his readers to stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. In Philippians 2.2, Paul asks them to be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. These calls for unity, along with other instructions like do everything without grumbling or arguing, make it clear that there was some level of disunity in this church. In today's reading, we come across what may have been the specific issue that prompted these calls for unity. Using the same vocabulary he used in Philippians 2.2, Paul now begs two specific individuals to be of the same mind. He writes, I plead with Euodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Unfortunately, we do not know much about these two individuals or their dispute. Based on their names, we know that they were both women and likely Greek, not Roman. It is also likely that they were both leaders in the local church. This is suggested by the fact that Paul refers to them as co-workers and is supported by archaeological and biblical evidence that shows that women often held prominent religious roles in Philippi. As for their dispute, we can only speculate about what divided them. Most scholars assume that it was a personal matter rather than a theological matter because of Paul's silence on the issue. No matter the reason, their fracture disputed their work in the cause of the gospel. Paul challenges them to be of the same mind and he adds the critically important qualifier in the Lord. This is very important. It is nearly impossible for people to always be of the same mind. Even the most sincere Christians won't always agree on everything. Unfortunately, when Christians disagree, our grievances can distract us from the more important work of sharing the gospel. Even worse, our disputes can sometimes be so ugly that they deter others from embracing the gospel. It is, however, possible to have lasting unity when it is rooted in the Lord. As Christians, we must remember that we all have the same Lord and that we share the same mission from our Lord. In practice, this requires that we prioritize others above ourselves and above our arguments, just as our Lord prioritized us. In the end, we may not agree on everything, but not everything is as important as Jesus, his people, and the mission he has given to us. For day 16, we're reading Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Melissa, do you want to take us through the discussion questions for today and just give us a little bit of space so we can reflect or journal? First question. Notice the repetition of the word plead in verse 2. Paul singles out each person and pleads with each individually 
to be of the same mind in the Lord with the other. Why do you suppose he does this? Why is it sometimes so difficult for two disputing parties to see eye to eye? Second question. In verse 3, Paul asks another unknown individual in the church to help these women settle their differences. Why might it be beneficial for us to let outside mediators help us resolve conflicts? Do you need to invite someone in to help you navigate a conflict in your life? Are you willing to welcome outside wisdom? Well, today there's some dispute going, Yep, a little bit of drama. Mm-hmm. It's alluded to. We don't know totally what it is. But outside of that, there's some things that we can gather from this passage that are less of like, you know, the real heart of it. Yeah. One of those things is the fact that there's two women in leadership here. Yeah. Is it common for women to lead the church at this point in time? Here's what I can say. It seems pretty typical, or at least it's not surprising for women to be leading the church here in Philippi, or at least leaders. If we look at the very beginning of this book, Paul makes an interesting statement. He says to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, that phrase overseers and deacons, this is the only time in the New Testament he uses that phrase together, especially here at an introduction like this. And so for some reason, he calls out church leaders there. And this whole book, we've been talking about this issue with disunity and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. these pleas for unity, be of the same mind. Here he uses the same vocabulary, but he finally, you almost wonder if this is the specific dispute he's had in mind this whole time, or if this is just one of several, and he's calling out people who are in leadership because they are in a lot of ways the model for... Mm -hmm. Sure. But to go to your original question, it wasn't uncommon for women to be in these roles. Before Christianity became part of Philippian religion, before Before Paul got there, Mm -hmm. there, it was common for women to have prominent religious roles. And you can sort of see this. We took all these pictures. You see Mm -hmm. a picture in the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I climbed a fence. Yeah. You you climbed a fence. You broke rules. (laughs) You did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Rules are made to be broken. Yeah. Yeah. He's a rule breaker. Brendan did not. He shouted. He's like, look for the one over there. (laughs) (laughs) Just from a distance. We were just trying to stay safe. Well, I didn't want to get in trouble. I was (laughs) (laughs) That was like our first five minutes at Philippi, (laughs) just to be, let's just wait till we've got everything else. So there are lots of these reliefs, these images that have been carved in the rock. Mm -hmm. And the majority of these are female goddesses. Mm. And these date actually post after the time of Paul, from my understanding, but they reflect basically Philippian religion. Values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so what it suggests, along with other things, is that women often held prominent religious roles in Philippi. And you also see this like in Acts 16. So mm-hmm. when Paul goes there, the first person to become a Christian is a woman. The first person to lead a house church, you might say, is a woman, Lydia. She opens mm-hmm. up her home. Right. That's where the community gathers. And so here again, he's calling out two women. He refers to them as co-workers who contended at his side. This is the language Paul uses for people people who are in leadership and ministry. And so, yeah. Yeah. So I guess my question is like, why even were the women the first ones to become Christians? Why were they the ones that were chosen or like elected or even just like sought out by Paul, apart from, you know, those with the circles they were running in to lead the church? 
it's because women were the ones who were, I guess you might say, ready for it. We've talked about this, but when Paul went, first went to Philippi, he went to the place where the people who worshipped the Jewish God worshipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically, this would be at a synagogue. Philippi didn't have a synagogue because there weren't 10 Jewish men. Jewish law required that you have 10 Jewish men in a community to have a synagogue. You work backwards. There's no synagogue. Therefore, there weren't 10 Jewish men. And here in Acts 16, what it talks about are women who gathered at a place of prayer, a place where there was moving water. We read about this in John mm-hmm. uh, about living water. Yeah. Living yeah. water is technically moving water. So there's something pure, something holy about that place. So if you can't have a synagogue, you find the next best place. And they would huh. gather at a river. And in Acts 16, it specifically refers to women who gathered there to pray. And so these are the women that Paul spoke with. He writes, we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia. So these people, just as human as everybody else, mm-hmm. they have some disputes. Yeah. They get in fights. Yeah. And Paul kind of speaks to this and he kind of calls it out. Mm-hmm. And his goal is to really call people to a higher purpose and pull people out of this dispute. You said in the commentary, it seems like it's more personal than it is theological. We don't really know for sure, Yeah, mm-hmm. but he doesn't address the theological concerns. He pushes them towards a different theological idea. But here's the question. Why is it so difficult for two disputing parties to see eye to eye? I think, I mean, there's a lot of reasons and there's a lot of different ways that people don't see eye to eye. Sometimes in the church, I think it's because we believe our convictions so strongly and deeply we hold to them, mm-hmm. but then they become like commandments for other people. A lot of times I say to people is we just have to be careful that our own convictions, which are good and from God, don't become things that we impose on anybody else. So I think that's part of the reason. Sometimes what we bring to a conflict is rooted in our own hurt and pain too. Mm-hmm. And so when we come to a conflict, we're bringing all of that with us. And so... I think there's a lot of reasons. Melissa, what do you think? Yeah. Wow. I think you're right on. I love that idea that we bring our own hurts. I think a lot of times we also bring our own agendas. And so we think very strongly about something like you were saying, maybe because of something that has happened or someone that we know and that makes us stand on a certain topic and stand strongly on something that we don't want to move away from. But then it becomes emotional. You know, you're not just talking about it. You're feeling about it as you're arguing and then you get more emotional. Right. about it. Psychology major over here. Yeah. Oh, that's know. good. Wow. <laughs> Drop it some I like knowledge. The, I like the emotional side of things. Remember? I think that I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things, too, that's so interesting yeah. about conflict is sometimes, and this happens, you know, in my marriage with friendships, but it's like sometimes there's the original conflict, yeah. and then there's like the way that you handled it, and then yes. the way that you responded to it. So all of a sudden, it's so many layers mm-hmm. deep, and it's hard to distill what the original issue is and then keep whatever mm-hmm. the resolution is focused on that, too. So I think that can... Totally. Unity. Sometimes it takes like a higher purpose, just like Paul does, yeah. mm-hmm. to be like, hey, let's go back to this original intention, right? Yeah. Right. How can we like focus on what's true between us yep. and move past it? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what he does. And I, I've got to imagine that getting a letter from Paul <laughs> and being named in it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, this is, this is read out loud. Right. right? right. Like, it's not like everybody's handing this around and reading it. You know, they're reading it and your name is mentioned. Ugh. Imagine the feeling there. Right. We've talked about it being an honor and shame society. I mean, <laughs> yeah. in the other reading, we talked about how he honored Epaphroditus, but mm-hmm. here he's kind of, you know, he's yeah. calling out the ladies. Right. It's yep. a bummer for this other friend who doesn't even get a name. <laughs> That's right. That's true. <laughs> he doesn't even get his a name. His true companion. True. But he's the, yeah. guy, he's the guy that gets to read it out loud, I guess. Yeah, That's probably. right. So he's like, oh, there's a part for me. And <laughs> <laughs> that would kind of stink to only be known in the Bible for disputing yes. with another. 
Like, that's not quite the legacy I want to, nope. you know, live out. But I think that Paul still shows grace in the way that he talks to them, because I think it's his passion, his heart for the church to be unified. Well, yeah, and he's motivating them. It's like he's speaking indirectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he actually does speak directly to them. He says, I plead with you. One-on-one. And then he turns, yeah. mm-hmm. I plead to you. Like, you guys got to get on the same page. It's not like there's one of you that has mm-hmm. some sort of right. problem. And I'm looking at all right. of them. <laughs> I, mean I see that, Brennan. The women the For room. once, you're not looking at me when we're talking. <laughs> About conflict. Like, Man, this I'm feels, trying to. Yeah, this is yeah. great. Anyway, yeah. but the Just point is, <laughs> like, but he's like, look, both of you have something you bring to the table. And mm-hmm. I, what I want you to do is remember the core issue. Like, mm-hmm. we all work together for the cause of the gospel, yeah. and that's the most important thing. So don't forget that, and don't let whatever like issue you guys have mm-hmm. distract you from that more important work. Yeah, and for me, I'm like, I like these two people the most because mm-hmm. they're the most real they're to real. me. Yes. Like, yeah, totally. This is absolutely yep. real. And depending on where you come from mm-hmm. or who you are, your upbringing, anybody who thinks that they're apart from conflict mm-hmm. probably yep. doesn't realize the path of destruction they left behind. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so like, this is humanity. Yes. And so like, mm-hmm. whether it's women or not, whether it's in the Bible or not, this is the example that I resonate with because I'm like, I feel like my whole life is conflict, yep. like mm-hmm. and managing it. And you look around society, it feels the same way. Yep. Like every single day there's a new conflict because that's what news thrives on, right? right. Mm-hmm. And right. reporting it. But specifically, we you touched on this a little bit, Gina. I mean, literally no church is without some sort of conflict. You know, we deal with our own stuff every day. And I guess the question is, how do we as a church try to narrow our path, narrow our purpose so that we are all in the same mind as Paul puts it? Yeah, I think, Brandon, you'll probably know who said this, but there's unity in the essentials and liberty in the non-essentials. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's good. I preached on that, actually. Did I, you? I, I mean, that's not original to me. But <laughs> <laughs> I did well, preach on why? that on a few weeks ago. But anyway. No, and so I think that's part of it that we need to keep in mind is the church. But the other thing, too, is sometimes we think unity is somebody else's problem. And so what, the first thing I have to do is take a look inside me and say, all right, where is it that I'm sowing disunity in some way? And a lot of times it starts in my thoughts about mm-hmm. someone or mm-hmm. their perspective. And so for me, it's how do I maintain genuine curiosity about somebody else's position when I vehemently disagree with it, you know? And so how do I ask good questions? How do I not rush to judgment, yield my right to, you know, proclaim my opinion? It's having that kind of posture. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. good. I think asking questions like that too Mm -hmm. is key, at least for me, and like fully understanding someone's story. Because it's only when you hear somebody out and ask questions about them without projecting what you think first Mm -hmm. that you can like actually seek to understand. And that's when they start to reveal those deeper hurts that Mm -hmm, Melissa was talking about. You start to see and hear and be like, oh, it's not about this at all. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not about even outside of the church. It's not about that at all. Mm -hmm. You're deeply wounded because of this. And so you think this will fix it. Mm -hmm, You think this is something that will give you comfort. That's Mm -hmm. never how it is. Yeah. Actually, with the students, I would say over the last several months, we have been trying to have just conversation, just normal, how do you feel about this on very specific topics that students are dealing with that maybe the church doesn't always address. And Mm. so some of the things in politics and just how they feel about things. And the way that we start out is by saying, hey, we are all going to be on different sides. We may be on this side, we may be on that side. But when we finish this conversation, we are all in it together. You know, we are all like loving each other. We don't want to walk away from here, you know, feeling like angry towards each other. And it's been some of the healthiest debates that I've heard with the students. And then just like, kind of seeing their maturity as they're able to think through how they respond to something, but also how they're loving 
another person as they're debating, I guess you would yeah, say. totally. Which yeah. is a skill that most of our society does not have. Right. Because right. it requires wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the wisdom isn't your own. We talk about this in one of the questions. Like sometimes you just need someone else to come in and help yeah. you navigate and see, okay, is this the issue really to die Right. On? You yeah. know, like is right. this my going to make a stand here. But that's what the Facebook admins are for. Yes. Let's resolve on social media. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Mm. This person that doesn't have any sort of emotional Mm -hmm. connection to me, I'm just going to, I'm going to yell at them. And this isn't to say that there isn't like some sort of core absolute truth about that. And it's not to say that like, maybe there aren't best ways for like, sometimes we disagree just in philosophy of ministry, like how we're supposed to deal with this. And that's, Mm -hmm. you might say it's more of an opinion, but there are, you know, you might look at that and say, okay, this is the best way forward. But you know, at the end of the day, you need to have wisdom to figure out how to navigate some of these things and decide, is this the thing I'm going to make a stand on? Mm -hmm. Because if you make a stand on every single thing, eventually you're going to be a church to yourself. Well, it's interesting. I had a conversation with a woman who really wanted me to take a public stance on something and it was something she felt really strongly about. And that clearly, you know, scripture does talk about. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had this long conversation about, why do you want me to take a public stand on this? I don't think taking a public stance is going to convince anybody. And it came down to, she had been hurt in her past and felt like the church didn't come to her defense. Mm-hmm. But it took probably an hour of conversation to get to the core hurt, mm-hmm. which had nothing to do with the issue she brought up. And yeah. so I just think about to have wisdom in those things, there has to be relationship too. And mm-hmm. yeah. you have a just an environment where you can ask good questions and understand the story behind the story, as you were talking about before, Tyler. More and more, I think people are coming to terms with the fact that there is no black and white in this world, right? I would say like there's a couple of white hot things which are like fundamental truths that if you call yourself a Christian, you're there. But apart from that, it's a lot of like shades of gray and you can add colors in there too. And it's all a little bit confusing. I mean, you can use politics as a good example. You're either red or you're blue. But man, within that, there's so much nuance to what you believe based on issues. And that's, you know, part of the problem Mm -hmm. in trying to lump yourself completely in with one camp. Yeah. Well, you can't see the other camp. And there's a reason why people think the things they do. Right. And Mm -hmm. they may be wrong. Okay. But to you. Well, yeah, to you. Yeah, but But, there's something behind that. Yeah. There's a reason why they come to these conclusions or think these ways. And so we're never going to get anywhere if we don't meet them where they are and figure out what is the thing that leads them to this idea or this belief or this policy. And then you come to a resolution. And the problem is we can't do that. Like we just can't see past our own views. That word that you use, nuance, to me, I feel like that's what we miss a lot of times because mm. sound bites don't allow any space for yeah. nuance. Yeah. And that's what you get when you hear people's stories, when you explore what yeah. is it, mm-hmm. like why, how did you get to this perspective that you mm-hmm. have? And so I, I really like that word. I think keeping that in mind of what Melissa said too is like you get to the hurt mm-hmm. that is in their story yeah. and realizing that we're all there. Yeah. Like literally yeah. all of us have hurt that have brought yep. us to where we are and that's what brings us to the whatever shade of gray that we're at, right. that mm-hmm. you probably can't see the other person's because you didn't experience that hurt. Right. There's yeah. literally no way for you to fully understand it. But at the very least, we should probably be trying. Yep. Yeah. I love how Gina said, and it's about the relationship. Yeah. You know, in order to know someone, hear someone, listen to their story, you've got to love that person and want a relationship. And I think a lot of times in politics and these issues that we stand so strongly on, we don't know the other person, mm. you know, across mm. the computer screen. Yeah. Or, we don't want to. You know, yeah. and we don't want to. We don't want to hear them. And so when that relationship is built or there's a true desire to really understand where that person's coming from, yeah. then you can kind of say, Okay, we either agree to disagree or let's just be cordial about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
And this goes back to Jesus. I mean, that's a Sunday school answer. (laughs) I mean, Philippians too, like Mm -hmm. Paul set us up for this in some ways. You know, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or in vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves Mm -hmm. and your relationships have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this is what Jesus Mm -hmm. modeled. So can we figure out how to like really apply it to our lives? Mm. This is kicking off the last week and the last chapter of Philippians. So stand firm in your reading. Mm-hmm. Just keep listening to us. We'll just keep bantering. Over yes. I'm kind of sad. We only have a week left. Oh, don't get there yet. Okay. We'll just, All right. We'll, we'll give it We're a few days. We're just going to prolong this. Okay. But, you know, this last chapter is really hitting on this idea and bringing Paul's whole point of really writing this letter yeah. into fruition. And it is this idea of unity. And I'm just curious, Gina, as a church leader, how do you feel like we can bring unity to the church? That's a great question. I do think it starts with each of us looking inside ourselves and thinking through, like, when we have conflict, okay, what's mine to own in this? And Mm -hmm. how do I seek to understand the other person's perspective? And it's acknowledging, too, that unity is messy. It's Mm -hmm. not simple and easy and quick, and it can take a long time, and you can't rush to it. You can't gloss over it. I think if you're going to have real unity, it means that you kind of yield your right to be right sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a place to start. And I think, Brendan, you talked about the Sunday school answer, but really... Jesus's hope for his church is that we would be different from the world, right? And so how can we not just model it for anybody else, but how can we really be those kinds of people Mm -hmm. that seek to understand, that look for the nuance, that don't rush to judgment, don't rush Mm -hmm. to judge, and instead are willing to hear people out and to acknowledge that there is gray and that when we're reading scripture, we're interpreting and we're doing the best that we can, Mm -hmm. but it is our interpretation, our best interpretation of scripture. So that's where I'd start. Yodia. 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 Listen, I'm just trying to channel my inner Iowa over Your here. Iowa. It's actually pretty southern. I'll say southern light. Yodia. Southern light. Yodia and Syntyche. Thanks for joining us today for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and ebooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org. And follow us on Instagram at willowcreeknS. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag WillowJourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.